What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online worship experience. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We hope that this is very, very helpful to you in your personal life and in your faith and in your relationship with God. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us through giving and generosity online, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. You're allowing us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. We had our food pantry this past week, and we were able to feed tons of people from our community thanks to you. Thank you so very much for doing that. Today we continue with our current series and this series is called Beware of Dog. And we all know what that sign means. It means that if you come on my property, there may be consequences. If you cross this line, there may be consequences. And we all have to admit that some lines just are not worth being crossed. And this series is all about forgiveness. It's all about healing from a broken heart. But the way we do that is by setting healthy boundaries so we can heal on the inside. And like I told you over the past few weeks, this is just like free therapy. So let's jump right on into it. You got to understand something that hurting people hurt people. People hurt people. And I've been on the wrong side of other people's gossip. I've been on the wrong side of other people's criticisms. I've been on the wrong side of other people's bad days. I've been on the wrong side of other people's rejection and on the other side of their pain. People have hurt me. But also, I'm not under any delusions today. I have also hurt other people. Other people have been on the wrong side of my selfishness. Other people have been on the wrong side of my bitterness and my resentment and sometimes my uh, lack of ability to control what was going on inside of me. Sometimes people have hurt me and sometimes I have hurt other people. And so you and I have all of these issues in our life. We have stories, we have differences, we have heartache, we have pain, we have dreams, we have uncertainties, we have anxieties, we have fears and we bring all of that. We bring all of our background, all of our luggage, all of our baggage into our interactions with other people, into our conflicts with other people, and into our basic relationships with other people. And obviously sometimes that doesn't go well. And so like I've told you over the past few weeks, sometimes you and I hurt each other because that's usually easier than doing the right thing. Many times you and I mistreat each other because that's easier than restraining the most selfish parts of who we are. And that would be our anger and our pride and our selfishness and our unforgiveness. And so when someone hurts us, there's usually this fine line that we walk, especially as someone who tries to follow Jesus and someone who wants to have a relationship with Jesus. There's this fine line that we try to walk when someone else hurts us. And this is what it is. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. I need to let this hurt go and completely forgive, but I also need to protect the health of my mind, emotions, and relationships from this constant conflict. I need to forgive, but I also need distance. I want to let this hurt go, but at the same time, I don't want to be a doormat because we all do realize that we're never more like Jesus than when we forgive, but we're never more unlike Jesus than what we don't forgive. Let me say that again. You and I are never more like Jesus than when we forgive, and we are never more unlike Jesus than when we don't forgive. But how can I forgive if I allow someone to keep crossing lines in my life? How can I forgive if I do that? How can I forgive? unless I first understand what real forgiveness is because there seems to be a big misunderstanding about what forgiveness is and how to apply it to our life and how to live that out and how to practice that. And so in this series, we've been covering four steps to setting healthy, boundary, <coughs> healthy boundaries so we can love properly, 
so we can forgive properly and so we can heal from a broken heart. Four steps to setting healthy boundaries so we can love properly, forgive properly and heal from a broken heart. The first week we talked about the first step and that was this. If you're going to set, set a healthy boundary, you have to know your limits. If you don't know your limits in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, if you don't recognize your limits, then you're going to constantly allow people to take you past your limits. And if you constantly allow people to take you past your limits, then you're not going to be able to restrain the most selfish parts of who you are. So if you want to set a healthy boundary, number one, know your limits. And then number two, like we talked about last week, you have to practice mental strength and discipline to stick to your boundaries. Because what good is a boundary if you're just going to take that boundary down and let someone take you past your limits again and again and again? So if you want to set a healthy boundary, number one, know your limits. And number two, you have to practice mental strength and mental discipline. And today we move on with the third step. When I was around seven years old, I guess, my mom and my dad were building this brand new house in Moss Bluff. And back then, my dad was an estimator for a large construction company. And so my dad and some of his buddies were just kind of building our new house themselves. He was building everything himself. And so because of that, we were always out there on our land. We were always working. There was always just wood and nails and dirt and concrete out there as we were trying to get that house ready. And so sometimes we would be out there all the time and us little kids were playing. And so my dad put up a little basket basketball goal so me and my friends could have some fun while they were working and so one day me and my friend Kent who was my best friend he lived right down the road we were outside playing playing basketball that kind of stuff and there was these little pieces of fragile concrete rocks all over the yard I mean you could just break them up into dust in your hand and there was these big mounds of dirt in our yard and so we thought it would be fun back then because we didn't have internet or anything we had to play outside we thought it'd be fun to kind of throw those rocks at each other while we were hiding, hiding behind those big mounds of dirt kind of like playing tag with those little concrete fragile rocks and they wouldn't hurt because when they would hit you they would just kind of bust into dust and so man we're throwing those little rocks at each other hiding behind those big dirt hills and so at one moment I'm looking down for a rock to throw at him and when I look up I noticed that he had thrown a rock at me but it wasn't those little fragile concrete rocks he thought it was a bigger concrete rock that was fragile but it wasn't it was just a big rock and he threw it at me and I froze it was just flying through the air straight from my head and I was just kind of watching it and man I couldn't move I was frozen and that rock hit me right on the top of my head and it split my head wide open and blood just went out everywhere and so it took my mom and my dad about two hours to finally get the bleeding to stop well, after that, we had the bright idea to go back outside and play basketball. Whereas we're playing basketball, one of my friends pushes me in the back. I go into the brick wall head first, and it opens that cup right up, that cut right up again on my head. And so it started bleeding again. So it took a couple hours to get the bleeding to stop. Well, later on that evening, we were bored. My head was hurting. So we decided to watch Rocky III in my parents' bedroom on the bed. And at one point when Rocky was beating up Clubber Lang, man, I got so excited that I fell off the bed and I landed, you guessed it, on my head and my head started bleeding again. But here's the deal. The reason why it wouldn't stop bleeding is because I didn't give it time and space to heal properly. It kept bleeding. The wound stayed fresh because I didn't give it time and space to heal properly. And so I want you to notice this. Because I didn't give my injury the proper time it needed to heal before it got attacked again, then it just kept bleeding. And sometimes our emotions are the same way. And sometimes our soul is the same way. 
And sometimes our heart is the same way. And sometimes our relationships are the same way. If you and I experience heartache and pain, sometimes we need the proper time and the proper space for that wound to heal so we can stop the bleeding. And in order to have the proper time and the proper space to make sure that wound heals and stop the bleeding, you have to set a healthy boundary. This is what a healthy boundary does. Now, in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, we find a very interesting and strong character, and his name is Samson. Samson was an Israelite and he was their biggest and strongest hero. He was their biggest and strongest warrior. And back then the Israelites greatest enemy was the Philistines. They were in constant fights, constant battles, constant war with the Philistines. Well, one day Samson catches a glimpse of this beautiful Philistine girl and he tells his parents that he wants to marry this girl. They disagree because she's not Jewish. He wants to marry this lady anyway. So he gets ready to have this big party before his wedding to this Philistine girl and he gives all the Philistines a riddle and he tells them that if they can solve the riddle then he would give them something of great, great value but they couldn't get the riddle correctly and so they try to get his new fiance to go in there and try to find the answer. Well, this is what the Bible says. It says that Samson finally told her the answer because her nagging was tormenting him. And so she tells the Philistines, Samson gets angry because all of that happened. He felt tricked. He kills 30 men and then he goes home to his parents. After this, this girl marries Samson's best man. Samson's goes, Samson goes back to see his bride and he finds that her dad had already given her away to another man, his best man. Notice his response. Notice what happens. Judges chapter 15, verses 3 through 5. Samson said, This time I cannot be blamed for everything I'm going to do to you Philistines. Then he went out and caught 300 foxes. He tied their tails together in pairs, and he fastened a torch to each pair of tails. Then he lit the torches and let the foxes run through the grain fields of the Philistines. He burned all their grain to the ground, including the sheaves and the uncut grain. He also destroyed their vineyards and their olive groves. And his response was this, You hurt me, so I hurt you. You hurt me, so I hurt you. You retaliated against me, I'm going to burn down your fields. We move on. Judges chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. Because you did this, Samson vowed, I will not rest until I take my revenge on you. So he attacked the Philistines with great fury, killed many of them, and then he went to live in a cave in the rock of Edom. You hurt me, so I hurt you. So they end up, they capture him, they tie him up, but it's a ploy because Samson's revenge is still burning hot. Notice what happens in chapter 15, verses 14 through 16. As Samson arrived at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting in triumph, but the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson, and he snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were just burnt strands of flax, and they fell from his wrist. Then he found a jawbone of a recently killed donkey. He picked it up and killed a thousand Philistines with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, I've piled them in heaps with the jawbone of a donkey. I've killed a thousand men. He kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a dead donkey. And then he writes a song about it. You hurt me, I hurt you. You get me, I get you back. You hurt me, there's got to be payback. There's got to be revenge. And so the bleeding is wide open and the bleeding doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. You hurt me, I hurt you back. Well, the Philistines... Uh, after Samson falls in love with this lady named Delilah, who was also a Philistine woman, the Philistines convince her to get him to tell her the secret of his massive strength. And that was found in his Nazarene vow to never cut his hair. Well, she tells 
His enemies the secret. They sneak in. They cut his hair. He loses his strength. They tie him up. They pluck his eyes out. Now he's blind. Now he's weak. His hair's cut. He has no strength. Now he's their prisoner. Notice what happens next. Judges chapter 16, verses 28 through 30. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. O God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistines' rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. The wreckage, the aftermath, the heartache, the pain, the payback, the revenge, the bleeding just won't stop. You hurt me, I hurt you. Back and forth, back and forth, just like a game of ping pong or just like a game of tennis. And because of that, the wound never healed and the wound kept bleeding, okay? Let's compare something here for a minute. Notice the last words of Samson about his enemies. Notice what he says. Oh God, please strengthen me one more time with one blow let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Let me pay them back. Lord, this is my final words. Give me my strength back so I can get revenge. I mean, who would blame him? Most of us would not. They plucked his eyes out. They crazed all kind of havoc in his life, burned his fiance to death. But you got to understand something. Our calling is not to be revenge seekers. We are called to follow Jesus. We are not called to be like Samson. Let's compare the final words of Jesus, what he said about his enemies as he was hanging on the cross. Luke chapter 23, verses 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Now, the opposite of the act of forgiveness is not unforgiveness. Hear that today. The opposite of forgiveness is not unforgiveness. The opposite of forgiveness is getting revenge. Let me say that again. The opposite of forgiveness is getting revenge. If Samson would have forgiven the Philistines, then he would have not gotten revenge. And if Jesus would have not forgiven all of us and the people who crucified him, then he would have gotten revenge. And so forgiveness is tied to revenge. Now, understanding all of that, let's try to apply this to our life in our heartache, in our pain, in our boundaries, in our relationships. If you and I are ever going to heal properly and forgive properly, we have to set boundaries. And this is one of the best ways that I've ever understood what a boundary is. This is one of the best ways that will help you understand what a boundary is. And remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. A boundary is when you intentionally create distance and space between you and the person that you've had painful conflicts with. And the reason why setting clear boundaries is essential to you forgiving them is so your injured heart can have time to heal and stop bleeding. So your injured emotions can have time to heal and stop bleeding. So your injured esteem, so your injured confidence, so your injured relationships can have time to heal and stop bleeding. And this is important because we all know this. If a wound is fresh and still healing, and you allow that injury to get hurt again, it'll never heal. 
If an injury is fresh and still healing and you allow it to get hurt over and over again, it's just going to stay bleeding. It is not going to heal. And so space and distance gives your hurting heart what it needs to heal, the time and space that it needs to heal. Because, and notice this today, remember this, hurting people hurt other people. This is why when you create space between you and them so you can heal from your hurt, you'll be less likely to retaliate. But in this study, we've been covering at each step each week about how to set healthy boundaries. Today we reach the third step and this may be one of the most crucial steps to setting and keeping a healthy boundary. And this is what it is. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. In order to set up a clear boundary with the purpose of healing and offering forgiveness, then we must understand what forgiveness is. So first of all, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. When people say forgive and forget, there are certain things that you will never forget. Just because you forgive doesn't mean you have to forget. That's impossible. It's impossible to forgive and forget. You cannot forget some things, but you can still forgive. Forgiveness is not being close to that person again. Forgiveness is not sweeping things under the rug. Forgiveness is not talking it out and have this big emotional discussion to settle things. Forgiveness is not even restoring the relationship to how it used to be. Forgiveness is not restoring the relationship to how it used to be. That is not forgiveness. We can all take a deep breath now. And we can relax. You don't have to do any of those things in order to forgive. So then the question becomes, if none of that is forgiveness, what is real biblical forgiveness? When the Bible talks about real forgiveness, what is that? Well, this is going to help you today. And this is going to give some of you some freedom. So remember this today and notice this. The first step to biblical forgiveness is simply this, letting go of your desire to get revenge. Painful conflict and drama between real people is always like the story of Samson. It's always like a game of ping pong. It's always like a game of tennis. You hurt me, I hurt you back. And the bleeding just continues. You hurt me, I hurt you back. And the bleeding just goes on and on and on. Forgiveness is when you drop the racket and you say, I refuse to go back and forth. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness simply is this, and notice this. You hurt me, so instead of hurting you back, I distance myself from you so I can stop you from hurting me again. And also, so I can stop myself from getting revenge. Forgiveness is when you don't give into the desire to get revenge and pay them back. Forgiveness is when you simply don't give in to the desire to get revenge and pay them back. So we can apply this to any type of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, a work relationship, something going on in your family. It applies across the board. If we want to heal and forgive, then we must make a conscious decision to not get revenge and to not retaliate. Now, if you need some help understanding what a real-life boundary looks like, let me give you some brief Real life examples, and we're going to dive into these more next week, but understand what some of these real life examples of real life healthy boundaries that we can set so we can heal from heartbreak in our life. Let's see what they really look like. So first of all, keep this in mind and notice this. In our life, we can set emotional, material, physical, mental, and time boundaries. Let me explain what they are, and these are going to be on the screen for you, so notice these today. This is a teaching time. This will help you. 
An emotional boundary would be a line around topics that you don't feel comfortable discussing right now. Not letting others dump their heavy emotions on you or not letting others dismiss your feelings when you feel like they're bringing up topics that you don't want to cover right now or that bring hurt back to your heart. The second thing is this. A mental boundary is protecting your freedom to have your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your own values, and your own opinions. Next is this. A material boundary is lines around your possessions and finances. You get to decide how your stuff is used and treated. Next is this. A physical boundary is when you distance yourself from people who cross lines with you with their unwanted comments, conversations, or their physical closeness to you. And then the last one is this. A time boundary is when you decide when and how you're going to respond to their attempts to take up your personal time. We all have the right in our life to set healthy boundaries to protect our hearts and protect them from our reactions. We all have that right because a boundary serves two purposes. It's for your protection and their protection too. When I went to college at McNeese, I knew several students from the surrounding areas that I had played ball against growing up and I had seen at youth events growing up and they had heard me preach at youth rallies. And there was this young couple that I knew and I knew them from high school. They were high school sweethearts. They were dating since they were in high school, all through college. I remember specifically the young lady was head over heels with a young man. They got married very young. They got married as soon as they entered into college right out of high school. Very quickly, they had three young kids. And then after a few years, she began to kind of distance herself. He had some anger problems and things like that. And long story short, after a few years, she began to tell him that she wasn't happy. He wanted to know what was going on and she didn't really know how to explain it. She was giving vague answers like, well, I love you, but I'm not sure if I'm in love and all those types of things. And she kept saying, I just need some space. I just need some space so I can work through some of these things. And he said, what should I do? And I said, well, what's going to happen if you don't give her space? He goes, she's probably going to leave. I said, well, give her some space. He didn't. She left. After that, I told him, I said, hey, get a hold of your anger. He didn't. He, they started hurting each other. Bad custody battles, bad legal battles. After that, I told him, I said, hey, get a hold of your temper. Get a hold of your reactions. He did not. So then sometimes the law would get involved and more people would get involved and sometimes there would be scuffles and just drama and tension and conflict and the wound never stopped bleeding. They never reconciled. Families were split apart. People ended up hating each other and it just never got to a point of forgiveness. And the reason why is because the request for boundaries was not respected. It was not respected. Sometimes when heartache occurs, there has to be space and time to stop the bleeding. Because if the bleeding doesn't stop, that wound is going to stay fresh and forgiveness will never be born and it'll never be offered. And then it'll just go back and forth. You hurt me, I hurt you. If we want to stop that cycle, forgiveness is when you drop the act and you drop the desire for payback and you drop the desire for revenge and you offer forgiveness. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week. We love you all. We hope you have a great week. Now stay tuned for an amazing time of worship with the Amazing Waters Edge worship team.